Welcome to the IEEE 5G podcast, an IEEE Future Directions Digital Studio production. The leap in capabilities brought to bear with 5G will be truly revolutionary and will support innovation for decades to come. Commercialization of 5G is forecast to begin around 2020. That is a mere three to four years away. Looking at the practical steps being taken in these early days of 5G, we asked several subject matter experts the question, what challenges do you foresee that could affect deployment of 5G? In this inaugural installment of the IEEE 5G podcast, the experts share their thoughts, starting with Chi Lin Yi, China Mobile's chief scientist of wireless technologies in charge of the advanced wireless communication R&D efforts of the China Mobile Research Institute and founder of the Green Communications Research Center of China Mobile. I think on the one hand, I don't think um, there will be fundamental challenges that would challenge the deployment of 5G because after all, 5G uh, as a global consensus includes both 4G evolution and uh, a new design with the new core network and uh, a new, new red. Uh, so while we are talking or thinking this 4G evolution into as part of a 5G is being deployed and will be deployed. There's no question about it. On the other hand, the really revolutionary side of the 5G, which is the new core network, new radio access network, and the new RED, new air interface part, um, will be what I have been saying all along, that uh, a true co- the combination of a true convergence of IT, CT, and DT even. Um, it's a great opportunity that poses a lot of challenges. And personally, I'm a little bit worried about the global rush into getting something that's labeled as 5G. And there is a, a risk of coming out in a rush with something that may not necessarily bring uh, substantial value or advantage as compared to the continuous evolving 4G that's also part of a 5G. So my only caution is that uh, uh, instead of uh, being so enthusiastically rushing into something that's called the brand new 5G, I think the global community should take this opportunity and challenges seriously to really think hard, rethink all the fundamentals, so that we can together come up with a really valuable and a really um, powerful new 5G end-to-end platform. Up next is Dr. Adam Droba. Chairman of the Board for Open Tech Works and member of the IEEE 5G Steering Committee. Dr. Droba provides an excellent overview of Spectrum, how it's shared, and how it will affect 5G. So the first issue is Spectrum, and I'd say the major issue is the best and balanced use of Spectrum. So it's used for an appropriate purpose in an appropriate setting, and that means homogenizing it and harmonizing it around the world. So devices can work in any setting, essentially. Uh, 
and um, really building the proper hierarchy between the spectrum that's used between proximate devices uh, that's used for local area networks and that's used for wide area networks and what I would say sort of the long haul uh, core. Uh, okay. And what comes along with this is the use of new techniques for efficiency with spectrum. Okay. Uh, and that means the use of massive MIMO, uh, various antenna technologies, signal processing, error correction. Uh, it also means new business models where spectrum is shared between uh, players and eventually I would say ending up with uh, I'd say micro operators and things of that sort where people actually have access to uh, spectrum uh, at a micro level. Okay, so that's that's as far as spectrum goes. Okay? Um, if I take a look at scalability, uh, it's really the dynamics of how well a network is managed, how the resources are allocated. Uh, depends a lot on automation because uh, I don't think you can have uh, scalability without that. And then the underlying economics. Okay? If you don't bring down the cost of goods to be able to handle all of this, you won't do it. you'll never get there. Uh, interoperability, okay. So this is um, a key area because interoperability means many different things to different people. Okay. And that is, how do you get all of the players from the operators to the equipment providers to the content providers really to agree on regimes okay, that sort of uh, don't freeze out new players, okay, are fair on a commercial basis and are not looked on uh, at a national level as areas of domination uh, or ownership of te whole technology areas because I think nobody will agree to regimes of that sort, okay? And so, uh, you know, the, the thing I would say is actually avoiding what I, what I think of as a global catastrophe where the agreements don't happen. You know, you can achieve interoperability in ways that freeze technology in place. So how do you do it in such a way that you don't put bars to future innovation? Sharing his perspective on 5G is Michael Condry. Now retired, he's the former CTO of the Intel Global Ecosystem Development Division and prior president of the IEEE Technology and Engineering Management Society. I would like to look at 5G starting at the top, not at the infrastructure level. Let's start it from the applications perspective. The people out in agriculture really don't care. If they can use it, the medicine people don't care what the G is, they care that it works and I get my patient in time. You know, the, the, the automobile doesn't really care what it's using, it cares whether it crashes into the next one or the truck that it was away, painted away. So you need to start not at down at the in the weeds where most of the conversation has been, you need to start up at the space of where things are going to be used and then get down to paces to say, okay, here is where the technologies in 5G will actually make a difference between saving somebody's life, having the cars hit, making my plants more fertile, uh, uh, manufacturing more effectively, moving my robot, all of those need to be at the line of, could I just use any wireless? Or, or does 5G make a difference? 
And when you start thinking about areas requiring mobility, like automobiles, like like outside robotics, even military operations, there is where 5G can make a very big difference, and we need to understand those requirements. And the challenge here is that the people that really build the requirements, the doctors, uh, the, the automobile vendors, they're not network experts. And they don't want to hear networking terms. They don't want to hear about antennas and things like that. They want to know what kind of thing do I put in my box so that it works. That's what they want to know. So you need to look at it from the customer's perspective. And I think this is where Adam and I are kind of 100% in agreement is that, is that the customer's perspective is what's going to drive an effective solution. Think about Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is a huge success. Even though at home I have AC and the neighbor may only have old A, and the, the issue is my Wi-Fi will work. It may be slower, maybe it, and there may be cases that it shouldn't work. You may say your network is not good enough for a medical application or this class of medical applications. So again, starting from the top, how does it get used? And then what does 5G give you that doesn't exist today? And that's the, that's the real barrier of entry. So we, I, that's why when I was involved here, I kept focusing on where does it get used, not, gee, I have a neat antenna. Gee, I can write it in CMOS. Ah, no big deal. What's going to drive this is the, the, the application space. That's what's going to drive the success. And that's where IEEE can come in because IEEE has the application space everything from the technology level up to you know is it socially re realistic this is this is the value and then we also need to get politics involved we need to have governments not say don't put 5g in my land because you know whatever i didn't invent it so the standards have to be there and they have to agree to them so these are all part of the packages application level policy standards that needs to go down into where 5g can help help Starting from the bottom and going up, you're just going to end up in a wasteland. Ashutosh Detta, lead member of technical staff at AT&T and co-chair of the IEEE 5G initiative, discusses 5G and its industry relationships, plus a global perspective and the importance of interoperability. There are multiple um, uh, elements out there, right? So you have to look at you know, to deploy 5G first, uh, you need to make sure what are the real applications, uh, use cases, or vertical markets would be interested, right? I mean, for example, if you look at IoT being one application, so because that those will drive uh, the technology uh, for 5G. So unless we have a use case or application properly defined, uh, it's not going to drive why we need 5G, right? So, so we have LTE today, right? So now we have to go for 5G. You need to have proper uh, use case or application, right? Um, so that is the first thing. So it's like a top-down approach. So once we have that, then we need to find out what are the requirements, right? So the requirements, then you have to map it to technical areas. So let's say e-health is one application, okay? Now for e-health, you need to have low latency requirement. So low latency requirement, uh, in order to achieve that, what are the changes you have to make in your network? How, how do you want to evolve your LTE network to, let's say, 5G core? 
right? Um, so, so, so I'm just kind of going top down. So once we have those defined, uh, then comes the actual technology, right? So let's say I have to support a one millisecond uh, round trip delay to support a remote surgery. You know, that's an application. Then is LTE is not good enough, then I have to see how I can redesign my radio access network, how I can redesign my core network, what kind of additional optimization I have to do to support one millisecond delay, right? So, so we are going down. So now, once we know that, now there are several standards bodies, uh, university folks, industry R&D labs working on it. So that's where um, we have to see how there is some sort of a harmonization among the standards bodies, right? Um, and we need to have a lot of test beds, like you have to build test beds to make sure this actually works. Um, and the, the, this deployment also depends on some common agreement on certain protocols and standards, right? So, so those are important things. The other thing I'm th I can think of, that's a technology aspect. The second thing is 5G has to be uh, global, right? So it cannot be only, say, United States or Europe or Japan has to be. Uh, available also to the common people somewhere in a village in India, let's say, right? So, so the policymakers, uh, again, when I say policymakers, you have to rely on the spectrum, uh, what kind of interoperability. Uh, if you're relying on open source, then there has to be uh, common standards, right? If a company is building a, a base station or a radio access net network, company B is building a core network, the protocols they have to confirm, right? So the standards, they have to confirm to a common standard. So, so I see a closer collaboration among um, uh, operators, like uh, operators, vendors, uh, researchers, policy makers. Uh, those are vital, essential points uh, to make this deployment uh, you know, faster and accelerate the deployment. I mean, I think I'm trying to say what are the essential points that might help to deploy 5G. Uh, uh, in a better way, right? Um, I mean, instead of saying what are the impediments, I think I should say those are the important things. If we fell in a new one of those, automatically that became the impediments, right? Dr. James Irvin is a reader in the Department of Electronic and Electrical Engineering at the University of Strathclyde in Glasgow, Scotland, where he leads the Mobile Communications Group. He is also chair of the IEEE 5G web portal and chair of the IEEE 5G content development working group and a member of the IEEE 5G steering committee. Here's what he has to say about the future of 5G and the challenges ahead. So I think one of the biggest challenges for 5G is getting standards in place early. Uh, one of the industry uh, drivers for 5G at the moment is to try and get implementations out there into the marketplace as quickly as possible. Some people are talking about 2018. One of the problems that we had with earlier technology, for example Bluetooth, was that things were deployed before the standards were ready, which meant that there was a lot of customer dissatisfaction with what they were seeing as these new products. And that held back deployment quite significantly. People were turned off and even when the techno technological problems were solved, it took a long time to get traction back into the marketplace. So standards is something we've got to get ready fast. As our last interview in this episode, we hear from Dr. Alex Wiglinski, Associate Professor of the Department of Electrical and Computer Engineering at the Wooster Polytechnic Institute and Director and Founder at the Wireless Innovation Laboratory. 
Dr. Wiglinski is also assisting on the IEEE 5G Community Development Working Group. Um, I believe that the challenges that uh, I personally foresee with respect to the deployment of 5G technologies is with respect to having too many feature sets uh, thrown in all at the beginning and resulting in uh, essentially an over-engineered standard or uh, multiple components of a standard that can essentially make it a standard of too many things uh, but master of none. We kind of saw this uh, several decades ago with respect to 3G where there were numerous parties involved um, each introducing their own IP and their own technologies when we came up with uh, essentially at the end of the day a standard that tried to accomplish too much and really didn't achieve anything at the end. At the same time, we saw a different business model being used in terms of the deployment of wireless access in the form of Wi-Fi, which started off with uh, IEEE 802.11 and then starting small and simple, built up to IEEE 802.11b, A, G, and now it's an alphabet soup of various standards each optimized to a specific application and doing quite well. And we don't see in any time soon uh, that standard being pushed aside by a newcomer. And so we see also in 4G sort of similar approach uh, uh, um, employed just like in Wi-Fi where we start small with LTE and now we have all these variants like LTEA and, um, and, and, and such where we're trying to add features like cognitive radio and multiple antennas and other sort of features to sort of um, further build upon the success of that technology. So uh, bottom line is with 5G we need to take a cautionary approach, start simple, start small, make sure it works and then add features to it that will ultimately deliver on its promise rather than starting from the get-go with an overly complex system that nobody understands and would eventually almost guarantee lead to failure. Thank you for listening to the first edition of the IEEE 5G podcast. Discover more about the IEEE 5G initiative and inquire about participating in this new effort by visiting our web portal at 5g.ieee.org.